a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, as these uh, freshman lawmakers yet to be sworn in, they're starting to learn some things the hard way. And one of those has to do with how expensive it is to live in Washington, D.C. Now, it is impossible for a member of Congress to complain about the price of rent. Uh, with a uh, $174,000 a year salary. Uh, very few Americans will say that's tough. Uh, although I will say in behalf of the uh, members and many staffers, having been a staffer, uh, you you end up keeping two households. Because, of course, we want our members of Congress to maintain their homes in the districts that they work in and live in. Uh, we don't want them just to move to Washington. That's a bad thing. Uh, but it's very expensive to hold two households, and uh, D.C. is incredibly expensive. I can uh, tell you that from my own experience. So these freshmen are learning the hard way how hard it is to find a place, and then to find one that you can actually afford is brutal. And this is important for one really big reason, which is if we really want to have hardworking Americans work in Congress, uh, they have to be able to to afford it. Otherwise, we end up just getting the rich, the wealthy, the well-connected. Uh, so there's a lot of ways to go about that, and some are good and some are not. And so to help us break all of that down, as always, we turn to Christ, uh, Christian Bridgeski, associate editor at Reason. He covers property rights, housing policy, transportation policy, and regulation. Uh, Christian, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Always great to have you on the program. And uh, this is such an interesting conundrum uh, for members of Congress. They uh, they work hard, they get elected, and for those who aren't uh, independently wealthy, uh, they suddenly re- suddenly realize, wow, this is a this is a tough thing in Washington. Sure, absolutely. Um, it sounds like you've had personal experience with this yourself, uh, as have I. Uh, you know, a poor intern, and uh, now <laughs> continue to be a poor journalist trying to find uh, you know affordable housing in a city like DC, uh, which is uh, expensive and you know un- sometimes unnecessarily so. Uh, it can be a struggle to find a, a place to live that. You know, checks all the boxes of what you're looking for in terms of space and proximity to your work and whatnot. And, you know, for congressmen, that can be a struggle, too. Um, So I sympathize with uh, some of these uh, freshman congress members who've uh, complained about the high cost of housing in D.C. um, on a personal level. Um, But as you mentioned, they're pretty well compensated and not not going through something that, you know, a lot of other people who live here in the district, you know, don't have to face every day. So, yeah. So let's dig into that in terms of what some of the uh, approaches are in terms of how uh, that is handled and managed. Obviously, housing is a, is a challenge and rent and in particular is a challenge everywhere. We've got a big issues uh, here in Salt Lake City in terms of affordability. Uh, but what does that look like in our nation's capital? What are some of the approaches people are looking at in terms of how you make that happen? Um, 
Sure. How to make the city more affordable? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. So I mean, DC, like uh, a lot of coastal metros, is you know uh, has, is pretty restrictive zoning. That lots of areas of the city are reserved for single family only zoning, where you can only build you know one unit per uh, property with all sorts of setback requirements and whatnot, which you know effectively limits you know how much housing can go where. Um, famously, DC also, if you look at the DC uh, skyline. You'll notice, unlike most other major cities, there's not really any skyscrapers or anything, and that's because we have this long-standing height limit that uh, restricts, um, you know, how large you're allowed or how tall you're allowed to build. Um, that's you know much more restrictive than pretty much anywhere else in the country for like a downtown area. Um, so that also limits, you know, how much development you're allowed to have, um, and you know all that contributes to. And then you know, obviously, you know, DC is not just the city itself, but the surrounding metro areas. Um, where you have a lot of this low-density zoning, or even in areas of Maryland, you have just agricultural reserves right next to the city where no housing can be built. Um, so all of this just contributes to making the area more house-poor and, as a result, more expensive. And so as we start to look at, at uh, some of the other ways in terms of how we go about this, how do we make this livable, not just for members of Congress, but uh, for a whole lot of other folks as well. Of course, you, you always have the the group uh, of Congress people who are going to say, you know, rent control is the issue. Some are going to say it's zoning. What are some of the things that you're following and tracking there uh, that that could be of interest? Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, certainly something that's a live issue in the Virginia suburbs is there's efforts right now to uh, eliminate single-family zoning and allow um, what would be uh, up to eight units uh, per uh, property, um, theoretically. So, you know, that would add a lot of housing within close proximity to D.C., um, which is, some, you know, something that uh, a lot of, um, you know, members of, you know, Congress who want to bring back to that, you know, who have children or something like that, you know, they might want to live out in the suburbs. Um, but then, you know, D.C. is an interesting example of, you know, housing affordability, it's uh, it's downstream of state and local regulations that Congress, you know, rightly so, can't directly say anything about. Um, you know, that's the prerogative of the state governments uh, and the, whatever powers they delegate to the local governments. But the one exception to that in the country is, of course, D.C., right. uh, where, you know, ultimately Congress has legislative authority over the entire city. Um, and so if they wanted to, they could, you know, use D.C. as a great, you know, experimental grounds for all these, you know, if they wanted to make the city more expensive or uh, less expensive, they could pass all sorts of deregulatory rules uh, for eliminating, you know, restrictions on density. Or, um, you know, one thing that would be particularly helpful for congressmen, given that they're or members of Congress, I should say, given that they're here only part of the year, is DC has extremely high taxes on short-term rentals, you know, Airbnb and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe if they wanted to, uh, you know, save, save some money by, you know, just maintaining one home in their district and then staying at a short-term rental while they're here, they could, you know, vote to cut that tax if they wanted to. Uh, it's, you know, the, it's a federal district. It's uh, up to them. But, um, you know, we haven't had too many proposals from that from Congress. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah, anything else that you're watching as it relates to this that... uh... Uh, might be interesting as we move into the new Congress or things that might be happening uh, outside. Obviously, you've got Maryland, Virginia, 
uh, and a lot of things that butt up there. Uh, any, any interesting uh, movement in those spaces? Uh, well, so the other thing that's happened um, recently at federal level is, um, you know, uh, they passed a, uh, part, as part of the omnibus bill, they passed uh, for the first time a new program that's supposed to provide grants to localities um, uh, for planning purposes to uh, remove barriers to housing construction or affordable housing construction. Um, and this has been pitched as a way of encouraging local governments to eliminate uh, these rules on, you know, these restrictive rules that drive up costs of housing. Um, I've written about this. I think a lot of the, the language uh, in the the bill itself is pretty broad, and so there's no guarantee that this money will actually be effectively spent on incentivizing, you know, productive deregulation of zoning. But that's certainly what its proponents say it's supposed to do. So we will see. Uh, fascinating stuff, as always. Christian Britsky, associate editor at Reason, uh, covers property rights, housing policy, transportation policy, and regulation, and always a, a great inside source for us. Christian, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, great stuff there. And it's, it's such an interesting issue uh, to me because we, we do, uh, I think the American people in general want to have representation from just good, hard-working Americans who, for a season, will go and serve, uh, be a representative in the House or work in the Senate. And if we only want the uh, the rich, already rich, independently rich, or self-made rich, or or just rich, rich, uh, this is one of the challenges, and it's a it's a real challenge. Uh, a lot of members of Congress end up, you know, staying two, three, four people to a, uh, an apartment or to a room or to a, a rental of some sort. Uh, because it is just flat out expensive. Uh, when I was going back and forth, uh, I had a very small place over a garage, uh, and that was it. And fortunately, I was only there for a couple of hours a night just to sleep and shower, and then head back to the office. Uh, but it, but it is very expensive. So it is something interesting to look at, uh, especially for those that uh, aren't wealthy before they get into office. And again, that idea of maintaining two residents is is difficult for many, many members of Congress. Not all. There's a, a lot of those that have been successful in other areas uh, and have built wealth. Uh, they're doing just fine. Uh, but there are a lot of members of Congress that that is a, a real struggle for. So interesting thing to look at. Not one that we often really think about, uh, but definitely worth some reflection there. All right. Well, that's going to wrap us up for hour number one of Inside Sources. Of course, we'll continue to keep our eye on the House of Representatives, they are going to adjourn until 10 p.m. tonight. Uh, we'll see what happens there. We'll break it down in terms of what is left. I think it basically is then there were six, and then there will be four, and two is all that Kevin McCarthy needs to actually claim the speakership. We're going to step aside for top of the hour news. When we come back, the economic report, we'll take a look at what it means for inflation, what it means for uh, the rest of the country, and your pocketbook coming up next on Inside Sources. Stick around. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on the KSL News Radio app and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless 
and I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.